Heavenly Father, give us a heart like yours. Give us a heart like yours for other people around us. We know that the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Heavenly Father, empower us. Embolden us to help us invite others to you, to relationship in you, to be a member of this church, to sit at your table, Lord. Strengthen us, empower us, embolden us. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. So here we are in the fourth and final week of the Known Sermon series. It's the fourth and final week, which means I'm about to take some time off because I have a back-to-back-to-back murder trials coming up in the next couple, well, next couple months, month and a half, three murder trials. But you have something amazing coming your way. The lineup of speakers is... I'm excited for. Beginning next week with Judy Lowe, I believe giving her first ever sermon. Uh, then we'll have Pastor Carrie will give us another great sermon, followed by Mary Lee will be here. We got Michael Brigando preaching for the first time here in this church. And then I got, for Easter weekend, I pulled something off. Mark Anthony will be back to preach here. Some of you may not know Mark Anthony, but Mark Anthony will be back for Easter weekend. He will be back from Tennessee to give us a message that week. And then we're going to finish off with the Brigando brothers. Maybe Sheldon, I think, giving his first ever sermon and Dawson being back to preach again. I don't know. They talked about doing it together, maybe one. I don't know know how they're going to work that out, but they'll work that out. So a great lineup coming up uh, will take us through the end of April. So as we finish up this sermon series, let me begin with a little bit of a recap. We began by exploring how we are perfectly and intimately known by God himself, the very creator of the universe. He knows us so well that he knows what's best for us. And he knows how we were created, and he knows better than anyone else that we were made for relationships and for fellowship. Now, many of us struggle to have deep and meaningful relationships with other people. As you know, I'm an introvert. I like to sit at a table by myself than rather sitting at a table with other people. I struggle with that. Maybe it has something to do with the overly connected and yet disconnected world that we live in. Maybe it's us. Maybe it's the other people. Either way, there's something amazing that happens when we give our lives over to Jesus. He literally takes us, as we saw last week in 1 Peter chapter 2, and builds us into a spiritual house. And amazingly, Our once isolated lives become embedded into the greater family of Christ. We gain brothers and sisters, mothers and fathers in the faith all over the world. And it's through Jesus 
that we learn to grow in those relationships and in fellowship. We find ourselves both known and knowing others, which is where we started this sermon series. And actually, it's so wonderful that it's worth sharing again and again and again. If given the opportunity and with anyone who will listen, we need to share the good news of Jesus. And that's what we're going to look at today. As believers, we have been freely given grace, mercy, redemption, and so much more, and we are called to freely give it all away to other people, to share the kingdom. It's what we do, or at least what we should do, and it's who we are. The main passage today will be found in the book of Ephesians, and it talks powerfully about the togetherness of faith. Ephesians chapter 2 says, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners or strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people, and also members of his household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Christ Jesus himself as a chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. It sounds a lot like the passage we looked at last week. And that's because it is very similar. Both Paul and Peter describe how the people of God are being built up together into a dwelling place, a spiritual home. And I love that Paul adds in that the idea that when you come to faith in Jesus, that you are no longer foreigners or strangers. You're no longer unknown. You're no longer far away from fellowship. Rather, you are fully known and fully immersed into the family of faith. Let me say that again. In Jesus, you are fully known and fully immersed into the family of faith. And he calls us his fellow citizens with God's people and members of his own household. There's something amazing about being a part of a family, about being known, being wanted, and being loved. I read a story of Rich and Patty White who had traveled to a third world to adopt a little girl named Alona. After two years of effort and paperwork, the Whites stood before a judge who read words from an official document, and these are the words. Inasmuch as Alona Morgan is orphaned and unwanted by any family in this country, inasmuch as no citizen of this country wishes to have Alona Morgan. At the end of that ceremony, that, that loving couple dropped to their knees, hugged their new daughter, and promised her, you will never have to hear the word unwanted spoken of you again. Many of us can relate to this story. Because at times, we have felt in our lives like that little orphan girl did. Alone, 
unwanted, and unloved. What horrible words for any person, a child or an adult, to hear spoken about them, about their lives. Thankfully, this adopting couple in this story gives us the perfect example of how Christ responds to everyone who comes to him. Being fellow citizens with God's people and members of his household means that you will never have to hear the word unwanted spoken over you again. In fact, God wants each and every one of us so badly that he sent his one and only son to trade his life for our lives. But I want to turn our attention outward and consider what it would look like to invite others to join the family. What would it look like to extend that invitation to other people outside of the church? Sharing the kingdom is what we are to do. It's who we are supposed to be. It's not a country club limited to ourselves. It's for everyone else who's not here. And one of the reasons I can make such a definitive statement is because Jesus, so clearly gives us a beautiful picture of this in the New Testament. It might be one of my favorite pictures of this, and it comes from Matthew chapter 22 in what is usually called the parable of the wedding banquet. Here's what he said. He said, this being Jesus, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a king who prepared a great wedding feast for his son. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servants to notify those who were invited. But they all refused to come. So he sent other servants to tell them, the feast has been prepared. The bulls and fattened cattle have been killed, or maybe baked spaghetti. Um, and everything is ready. Come to the banquet. But the guest he had invited ignored them and went their own way, one to his farm, another to his business. Others seized his messengers, insulted them, and killed them. The king was furious, and he sent out his army to destroy the murderers and burn their town. And he said to his servants, The wedding feast is ready. And the guests I invited aren't worthy of the honor. Now go out to the street corners and invite everyone you see. So the servants brought in everyone they could find, good and bad alike, and the banquet hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he noticed a man who wasn't wearing the proper clothes for a wedding. Friend, he asked. How is it that you are here without wedding clothes? But the man had no reply. Then the king said to his aides, Bind his hands and feet and throw him out into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. For many are called, but few are chosen. The very beginning of that parable Jesus says, the kingdom of heaven 
is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. It describes how the original invitations were rejected and the, and the king eventually instructs his servants to go and to invite anyone they could to the banquet. I love how Jesus makes a point of saying, the banquet is ready, which evokes in my mind the images of warm food, appetizers, side dishes, garlic bread, an elaborate feast fit for a king just waiting for people to come and to enjoy it. That family table, brown tables in the fellowship hall, is a place where time is spent with one another. It's a place where new, new friendships are formed and old friendships are continued. It's a place where both difficult and encouraging conversations can occur a place where relationships develop and grow. The table is a picture of shared fellowship with others. It's a place where we both get to know and allow ourselves to be known by other people. And I can't imagine that any of us, whether you're here in person or online, wouldn't want to share such an amazing and special place with other people. I know it's hard. I know it can be costly. I know it takes a lot of energy. But Jesus said the banquet is ready. Eventually, all of the seats at the table will be filled, and the king will order that the banquet hall doors be closed. So, it's important. It's important for us to invite as many people as we can for as long as we can to join the fellowship. As long as Jesus is still building his church, there is still room for more people at the table. Don't ever give up. Don't ever stop inviting people to the table. It's no secret that having healthy relationships takes time and energy. It's a reason that many have chosen to abandon the pursuit altogether and to live isolated lives devoid of connection or intimacy. But we were made for more than relational dissonance. We were made in the very image of the triune God for community, fellowship, and kingdom-centered relationships. This is where we are most fully known, by God first and by others second. Galatians chapter 6 says this, Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest, if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. If anyone could speak of becoming weary, it was the Apostle Paul. He had been beaten, shipwrecked, stoned, mocked, imprisoned, and so much more for the, for the sake of sharing the gospel. 
And yet, he still encourages us. He encourages us to do good to all the people for as long as we can at every opportunity that comes up. As long as Jesus is still building his church, there's still room for more people at the table. What could be better? What could be better than inviting people to the banquet table of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? As our time in this series begins to draw to a close, I want to briefly walk back through some of the highlights and the main points that we looked at. First and foremost, your relationship with God and being in a right relationship with Him is the most important point to remember. If there is something holding you back, there's some offense that's keeping you at arm's length, there's unforgiveness, repetitive sin, whatever it may be, that's where you need to start. That's the most important relationship of all relationships you can have, that between you and Jesus. And it's through him that deep fellowship, intimacy, understanding can be found. And as you grow in a relationship with Jesus, as you come to know him more fully, it's important that you learn to trust him. Proverbs 19.21 says, Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it's the Lord's purpose that will stand. It's best to learn how to quickly trust and obey. And Jesus goes so far as to say in John 14, If you love me, keep my commandments. God knows each and every one of you. And he knows what's best for each and every one of you. Included in that list of what's best, what's most fulfilling, what's most healthy is being a part of a fellowship of believers, uh, being a part of a local church. You know, the last couple of weeks I've been sitting out in the lobby some and I've been looking around and if I'm honest, I don't know some of you. Some of you are unfamiliar to me. Maybe you're members of another Adventist church visiting, and that's, that's great. Maybe you have just never really joined this church or joined any church for that matter. If you aren't a member of this local church, the reason why we put up on the screen welcome home is because this is a home. We would love you to join this home to be a part of this local family, and to be a part of God's extended family. What I want to encourage some of you to do is, if you're interested in that, if you're not a member of this local church and you want to become a member, go to our website. It's www.triadadventistfellowship.com. And when you get there, you'll see at the bottom right-hand corner a little button that says, Next Steps. If you click on that button, one of your options will say, I'm new, connect card. Fill out that card. Tell us a little something about yourself, how you found us, whether you want to become a member of this church, what we can do for you. There's other things that you can do on there. If you have a prayer request, you can enter it there. But become a member. 
Don't just be an anonymous person sitting in a chair. Get involved. And as you do so, invite others. See, this is where you'll be able to know and be known by others in Christ in a Christ-centered atmosphere. Will it be hard? Yes. But will it be worth it? Absolutely. You see, with Jesus at the center, we know that he builds his church according to his very will. And that's the kind of building project that we should want to be a part of. And finally, be intentional. Be intentional about inviting others to the kingdom table. Invite as many as you can. The food is hot. The settings are in place. And there is still plenty of open seating. See, the table is where relationships develop. It's where we turn away from the disconnected dissonance that this world has to offer. And we drink deeply of the divine fellowship with other fellow citizens of kingdom of heaven. It is where we are most fully known. Heavenly Father, we thank you that, that you invite us to be a part of your ministry. So often we sit back and we listen and we, we ingest whatever we see, but we don't ever get involved. Lord, you call us to invite people to the banquet. The banquet is ready. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Help us to join the workers. Help us to invite others into a saving relationship with you. Help those who may be here in person or online who haven't made that decision yet to make that decision. Help us to expand your kingdom because there's always more room at the table and you've called us to invite them. In Jesus' name. Amen.